Welcome to Main Menu for the week of February 13 through February 19, 2015. I'm your host, David Tanner, and it is good to have you with us here on Main Menu today. If you're a returning listener, we are pleased that you're with us today here on Main Menu. Glad that you came back to see us again this week. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. We are always pleased to have new listeners, and we hope you will continue to return on a regular basis. We also hope that whether you're a returning listener or a new listener, you would remember that you can get in contact with us in several ways through our main menu webpage at http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org. While you're there, you can not only download copies of any of the earlier shows that you'd like to hear that maybe you didn't hear and you see that there's something on one of those shows that you might be interested in hearing about, you can sign up for the Main Menu Friends mailing list and we'd love to have you on the mailing list. We oftentimes discuss things on the mailing list that aren't necessarily covered on the air on the show here. So you are missing out on an opportunity to ask questions about other technologies maybe discuss different technologies with other people who listen to the main menu or members of the main menu staff yours truly is there the producers of main menu are there and quite a few of the other members of the main menu staff are there along with a lot of listeners to main menu and we get into some pretty interesting discussions sometimes and can go a little deeper a lot of times in those discussions on the mail list than we can here on the air because we just don't have time here on the air to discuss some of those things. And so we hope you'll come out and uh, sign up for the mailing list. If you uh, are interested in perhaps giving us some comments, uh, recommendations, suggestions for things we might want to air on Main Menu in the future, you can always leave us a comment there on the webpage, and we'd love to have you do that. And if you would be interested in producing a segment for us to air on Main Menu about some technology that maybe you have that you think that our listeners would like to hear about or you would like to suggest that we cover some technology that you would like to know about and that you think maybe other Main Menu listeners would like to hear about, please leave us a message and we'll try to cover that topic as quickly as we can. And be sure you leave us some contact information in case we need to get back in contact with you, all right? Well, over the past several years, there have been a lot of discussions about UEB, the Unified English Braille Code, and there have been discussions and a lot of countries have adopted it, and up until fairly recently, the two countries that hadn't were Great Britain and the United States. And Well, Great Britain adopted it a few years back, and now the U.S. is adopting it, and it will become the authorized Braille here in the United States next year. And we are very delighted to be able to air for you today on Main Menu a speech that was recently given by 
ACB President Kim Charlson at the annual 2015 Convention of the Minnesota ACB affiliate. And Kim did a wonderful presentation, and we'd really like for you to hear what she has to say about UEB. I think she makes it simple to understand what it's all about and why uh, go to UEB. And I think she clears up a lot of questions and confusion people may have. I think you'll really appreciate her presentation. It was a really fantastic presentation, and we wanted you to hear it here on Main Menu. Then after Kim's presentation, David Woodbridge comes to us with a couple of presentations. The first is on how to record the audio from your iPhone with your iMac. And David will tell us all about how you go about that and demonstrate doing that. And then David will come back for a second presentation and he will be showing us all about voice dictation and using your voice to command your Mac computer. And he will show us both the voice dictation and control and command of your Mac with voice. And I think those are both done with Yosemite. So if you have the newest operating system for Mac, Yosemite, you will probably be interested in finding out all about how you can command your Mac just like you do with Siri on your iPhone, huh? Well, we're going to go ahead and get into those presentations. You have a great weekend. We'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. As a Main Menu listener, you might have questions about something you've heard here on Main Menu. You might want advice about which product that you've heard about is better for you, or you might just want to get in contact with some other technology fans who are listeners of Main Menu. To become part of the Main Menu listening community, we invite you to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, where you can interact with not only all the members of the Main Menu staff, other broadcasters on ACB Radio, but also with hundreds of Main Menu listeners from around the world. If you would like to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, simply send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can also participate in discussion about Main Menu and assistive technology by following at Main Menu on Twitter and communicating with us as well as our other followers on Twitter. We look forward to interacting with our listeners. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio's main menu, and we hope to hear from you soon on our friends' mailing list and on Twitter. Without further ado, I am going to turn this over to Kim Charlson, who is not acting as the ACB president at the moment. She is acting as a librarian, and she is acting as a longtime member of the um, Braille Authority of North America, and she is very involved in the Unified English Braille, and she's going to tell us a little bit of an overview about it. I know some of us, some of you aren't necessarily happy about it, but Kim is going to get us all to love the new code. Right, Kim? Thank you, Janet. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I want to say that it was a pleasure to listen to Catherine um, talk to you about library services 
Um, I had to make a real point to leave my librarian hat at my seat over there, so I didn't come up and talk to you about library services. For those of you that don't know, um, I am the director of the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Library in Massachusetts, which is an equivalent to Catherine's position. So we provide services for about 25,000 people in Massachusetts who use the Talking Book and Braille programs. So I do a lot of the same things, and we work on projects together, so it was really nice to see her here today. So... Um, and I'm, I have to remember, I'm not here as ACB president. That's the other thing. So that's later. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about the Unified English Braille Code, what it is, and why we need it. So the just brief background, Unified English Braille, UEB, the concept of a unified code was brought to BANA in about 1991 by Abraham Nemeth and Tim Cramner. The idea of having a unified code started its, its discussions clear back in the early 1990s. So we have, um, over the, the last 25 years, there's been a lot of discussion about UEB, primarily in other English-speaking countries, um, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, South Africa, Nigeria, um, all those countries have adopted and are using Unified English Braille. The, the holdout countries, for the most part, were Great Britain, the United Kingdom, and the United States. And... Um, which, you know, the two, two of those countries that have pretty significant Braille reading populations. In 2011, I believe it was, um, the UK voted to adopt Unified English Braille, and they're in the process of transitioning. And in November of 2012, the Braille Authority of North America voted to adopt Unified English Braille as the code for Braille in the United States. Effective transition date, which a lot of people have been wondering about, is January 4th, 2016. That's one year from now is the official transition date. So what I want to talk to you about today is, and briefly, I'm not doing a UEBC workshop with handouts and, you know, we're not going to sit down and talk too, too much about dot five and, and, and parentheses and things like that. This is a more general presentation just to kind of get you up to speed on the, the, the reasons and the rationales for the adoption of Unified English Braille. So, um, what I hear a lot from existing Braille readers, and I, with few exceptions, there's a few people in this room I've talked to who are pretty new Braille readers, but for existing Braille readers who have been reading Braille for decades, most of them say, well, I don't understand 
why we have to change Braille. It's perfectly fine. I used it. Um, I, I do just fine with it. Why do we have to change? And, and sometimes I say that myself because I kind of fit into that category. I've been reading Braille since I was a child. And, um, you know, I like Braille. I work with Braille. But it's not, we're not adopting unified English Braille because we want to make your life's dif- lives difficult. <laughs> so, um, you know, in essence it is, it's not about you, really, because I know that I'll be able to hand every single one of you something written in UEB, and you'll be able to read it. There might be a few little things you're going to have to figure out, what's that? I don't recognize that. But for the most part, you're going to do just fine. Really, the, the primary reasons that, that the Braille Authority of North America has seriously talked about UEB for the last 20 years is because there's several things happening with Braille that I think all of you probably have heard about. Um, talk about the, uh, the newspaper articles that keep coming out that say, Braille is obsolete because technology can do everything. We've heard that. Um, you know, or we hear about students who are attending public school and they don't have Braille instructors. They don't have teachers who can teach them Braille or there's a shortage of teachers or they get a visit from a teacher once a month. Could any of you have learned to read Braille with just a once a month visit? Unfortunately, many adults are facing that who are trying to learn Braille, and that is a challenge. And what I hear from new Braille readers is, why is Braille so complicated? Why are there all of these rules about if this is at the beginning of a word, then it's this, but if it's in the middle of a word, it's that, and if you see it at the end of the word, it must be a period. Um, It's not straightforward. So there's issues around consistency of the code, trying to eliminate what I call ambiguities in Braille, and trying to make Braille easier to learn and to produce. We have a shortage of teachers of the visually impaired in this country. They get one, maybe two semesters of training in Braille. And it's very challenging for them to learn all the rules of literary Braille, Nemeth code, um, science, math, chemistry, music. They can't possibly learn all that. So a unified code can roll all those things into one code, except for music, which is an international code. Um, And one of the major reasons that some of the techie folks will probably have heard is to make Braille easier to translate and back-translate. And what that means is you're a student 
in public school, you just wrote your one-page essay on Abraham Lincoln, and it's time to go print that essay for your teacher so you can get a grade on your, on your homework. So you connect your note-taker to a print printer, and it prints out. You know, you set the margins. That part's really good. But then there's ambiguities in the document itself. You had the word still um, and a period. It was at the end of a sentence. So what, does, what prints out? Street. Because the translator thought that that was street. Or tonight you're going to go do something. What prints out? Tennessee. The translator you know, made a mistake. It's not perfect. So back translation. There's nobody to help this kid except him or her. The teacher doesn't know why he wrote street in the middle of his paper, so he gets scored on, lower on his, on his paper. Back translation and forward translation, really pivotal aspects of UEB, eliminating those ambiguities for within the code. Um, so the following are a few examples of how the code will change to deal with some of the ambiguities that I've been talking about. Um, the dot formations for letters, of course, those are not going to change. You know, the, we're not changing. It's not wholesale. Out of the current 189 contractions that are in Braille, nine are going to be eliminated. So I'm going to tell you what those nine are going to be because it's important to know what they are because the Braille that's currently out there on the library shelves is going to stay. It's not all going to go poof into dust on January 4th of 2016. So you'll still be reading the Braille you've always read and new production will be in Unified English Braille. So there will be a, trans a transition. So contractions that will go away next year will be the A-L-L-Y and the A-T-I-O-N sign. We often call those dot six contractions. You know, I like those two, you know, but, <laughs> but they caused problems for, for the technology because the dot six, the technology says capital N, capital Y, and that's it. It doesn't think A-L-L-Y. The, BL, the BLE sign is going to go away. And the primary reason for that is because what else does the BLE sign do? It's a number sign. And the number sign is so important. And numbers are so important. We're going to use what we call upper numbers in UEB with a number sign. So no more BLE sign. Um, BY and into and to, so by, into, and by, those are going to go away. They'll be written out BY. Into will be written out IN sign, TO. And then to will be written out TO. You won't have, they won't touch the previous word anymore because print doesn't do that, and the technology again doesn't always 
pick up on the, the to-go to school. You know, what's a to-go? <laughs> you know, it makes it one word. So um, the COM sign is going to go away completely. I know, we have to have a memorial service for all of our favorite contractions. <laughs> um, and the DD sign is going to go away. Now, DD. So that is one of the biggest ambiguity contractions out there because dots two, five, six is a period. Um, and it's also DD. It's also the literary dollar sign. It's the DIS sign. So, okay, it's all those things. That's a lot of things to figure out. Now, what is it this time? So, oh, and the last one, and I just know you're all going to cry over this one. It's the old clock contraction. You know, not exactly a, a bestseller in the contraction department, but it's, it's because of the apostrophe in the, in the middle of it. Um, it's not used a lot, even in our writing today. You just, you see AM, PM. You don't generally see people write o'clock out that much anymore. So I think that one will go away and we'll be fine. Um, other contractions where things will change. The, the, the contractions themselves will remain the same. But all of you know about um, of, the, for the, with the, with a, for a. Um, I'm not talking a foreign language for those that don't know Braille. Those words can be brailled together with no space in between. But one of the basic principles of UEB is, you know, that's not how print is written. And some of the children, if you look at their papers, and I've had opportunities to see essays from kids who are applying for scholarships from ACB, for a, one word. To the, one word. It's not how print is written. And a lot of why this is being done is to coincide and be compatible with print. And we need to do that because that's how we're communicating with the sighted world is with their format. Unfortunately, we can't demand they use our format. That would be nice, but it isn't going to happen. So a few things that you're going to have to learn that are new are um, a few punctuation marks are going to, to be changed, they be new. Parentheses. Now, for experienced Braille readers, the opening parentheses and the closing parentheses are identical in Braille. But um, in print, they're not. One goes to the left, one goes to the right. You know, one's an opening, one's a closing. But in Braille, they're exactly the same. And, but your translator doesn't know which one it is you wanted to use. So sometimes you get a closing for an opening and a, and a vice versa because they were identical symbols in Braille. 
so you'll need to learn a new parentheses, and it's a two cell, dot five, one, two, six, is the opening parentheses, and the closing is dot five, three, four, five. So the dot five is, this is punctuation, this is your opening, closing parentheses. So Braille will have unique um, symbols for parentheses moving forward. Quotation marks will not change. Um, the period will stay the period. And it will also be the ellipsis. Right now, dot three. Three times is the ellipsis. And I, and I love the ellipsis. I just think it's such a great symbol. It looks so nice. But it's going to end up being three periods. Period, period, period. That's how it is in print. The decimal point will be a period. It won't be a four or six. Because in print, it's a period. Somebody's catching on. And in email and web addresses, you will see dots two, five, six, the period. So that's going to take a little getting used to for the URLs and the web addresses. But I know you can do it. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the emphasis indicators. Emphasis indicators in UEB will be used in things primarily like textbooks for students. When there's a section that says, find all the underlined words and write a sentence including that word in a textbook, which happens a lot. Or you get find all the blue words and write a sentence. Some graphical textbooks are all about being visually stimulating for kids, and it makes them much more challenging to produce in Braille. And kids need to know which words have an underline, if that's what they need to know. So that generally will not show up that much in standard literary cookbooks, things like that. You don't need to know if something is underlined or there, it was in boldface as emphasis. Regular emphasis for the sake of emphasis won't necessarily show up in Braille as regular literary Braille. UEB also has the capability to incorporate Nemeth code into the UEB code. You can do standard mathematics with UEB. I find it pretty easy, almost easier for, for basic, you know, plus, minus, times, divide, percents, things like that. They're, they're pretty straightforward. But for stu any students who have an aptitude for more advanced mathematics, um, I would, I'm glad that we have the ability to use the Nemeth code for students who will be using advanced mathematics. So those are really the some of the highlight fundamental changes of UEB that you'll have to think about. Um, I want to tell you about some resources. Catherine mentioned one being that there's nine books on BARD you can download. Um, there is the, the magazine called Syndicated Columnist Weekly, done by National Braille Press. 
And beginning in January of this year, they have committed to produce it completely in UEB. And they're including reader comments about UEB as part of the magazine. Um, so I think that that's a great source for just picking up something that's average, everyday reading and seeing how UEB is going to look. I've also been distributing on behalf of the Braille Authority of North America, which I serve on, um, the UEB Reader. And I've emailed several of you in this room saying, we'll get a UEB Reader out to you within the week. I've distributed probably nearly 800 UEB Readers all over the country to people. So um, I will say my phone, the phone number and email where you can request a UEB reader if you haven't done so. And then maybe Janet can repeat it on your email list after the convention. So if you haven't asked for a UEB reader, I'd urge you to do so. It goes over all the contractions um, and in more detail and shows you examples using the symbols and was written specifically for Braille readers. Um, so you can email me at kim.charlson, it's K-I-M dot C-H-A-R-L-S-O-N, at perkins.org, information line. The phone number again is 617-972-7248, and it's kim.charlson at perkins.org. All right, so please do um, get the UEB reader, start to um, explore UEB a little bit. If you have questions, you know, send me an email, drop me a message, whatever. I'll be happy to try to clarify things for you. But really, what this is all about is about saving Braille. Because if we don't do something, I truly believe that within the next 25 years, Braille will virtually be obsolete. And we can't afford it. We can't have that happen. We have to make Braille relevant for the 21st century. And that's what this is trying to do. So I need all of you to help me make sure that Braille lives on for future generations of adults and children who are blind and visually impaired. So thank you very much. Okay, just a quick uh, question. Um, braille displays, you know, I have a braille display and it, it shows the, you know, what we would term regular braille yes. now. What, uh, do I need any kind of software updates or, or driver updates to show the UEB or is that that's just That's a really good you know, question and yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. That's, because that's mostly how I read braille. For, the, for those of you that have technology, such as an iPhone and you, um, you sync to a braille display, there is a setting in the um, accessibility menu, and Dave Tanner and others in this room are much better at techie stuff than I am probably, but you can change the Braille code to UEB. It is an option on 
all of your note takers, braille displays, and the iOS devices. And that's a good way to start to learn it. Um, if you're reading a BRF file, it's not going to change it to UEB. A BRF file is what it is. But if you load a, a Word document or you're looking at the web, um, it will view and display in UEB if you change the setting. Yeah, I, I think there's folks around that can help you. Thank you. Do we have one more question? All right. Oh. Oh. Okay. Hi. Um, it's it's Michael Malver. First of all, congratulations. I don't know if it's your Perkins people, but I'm seeing a lot of Boston-specific stuff on Bard. Yes. And I'm assuming it's you guys. It's that's really my cool. library and my recording studio team, and I'm very proud of them. So thank you. But uh, my question is, at the risk of putting you on a spot, can you name any of the nine UEB titles that are downloadable at this point? For those of us who kind of I don't know. Maybe Catherine knows. Um, I don't. Um, there's also several resources on the Braille Authority of North America website, um, brailleauthority.org. And um, there, there's a couple books. There's the, you know, the Gettysburg Address, the um, I Have a Dream speech. There's a lot of shorter pieces on the BANA website as well as full-length books on the uh, NLS what I'll do is I'll email Catherine and get the titles, and I will send them out to everyone, along with Kim's contact information. Thank you, Janet. Oh, you are still here. Okay, oh, great. great. Thank Good. You. Thank you, Thank Catherine. Catherine. And I just want to say I have been, I have to admit, one of these people who said, don't mess with Braille. <laughs> don't change with my Braille. After Kim talking about saving Braille, I am in 100%. Thank you. Thank you very much, Thank Kim. Thank you. Welcome to this quick demonstration of using QuickTime in Yosemite. And, of course, that's OS 10 10.10. .10 with QuickTime to record the screen and audio output of your iPhone by simply plugging in your lightning cable to your Mac and of course over into your phone to do the recording of the screen and the audio. And I thought I'd just show how to do that now in this quick demo. So first of all, let me just go to my applications folder on my Mac. Applications, now in applications window. Okay, and I need to jump down to QuickTime. QuickTime player application. And of course, I've already got my iPhone plugged in via the lightning cable. So let me open up QuickTime. Open QuickTime player. Now if I go to the menu. Menu bar, Apple. QuickTime player. File. And choose file. File, menu, 14 items. And come down one. New movie recording, command option N. I want to choose new movie recording, so I'll select that. New movie recording, now in movie recording window. Start recording button. Okay, so we're on start recording. Now, if I just go to the left. Full volume button. That's full volume. I forgot to left again. Zero percent volume slider. Okay, you can tell when you first go into it, it's set at zero. Now, the trick here is don't adjust that volume or turn it on full volume. 
until you've actually selected the iPhone, particularly if you're using the internal mic on your Mac, because you'll get a massive amount of feedback. Okay, so let me go and select the iPhone camera and microphone to be a default recording source, because we want to record the iPhone. So if I go to the right... Full volume button. Start recording button. Image. Show capture device selection popped up. Menu button. Okay, show capture device pop up. So select that. Menu. Nine items. Okay, menu. Okay, now if we come down. Camera. Dimmed. That's the camera heading. Check mark. FaceTime HD camera. Okay, FaceTime HD camera. That's the Max camera. iPhone. That's the iPhone's camera. So let's select that. QuickTime player. Red. No camera or scanner selected. Then we get this image capture coming up for the iPhone, which I'm just going to ignore. So I'm going to command tab back to QuickTime. QuickTime quick player. Movie recording window. Show capture device selection popped up. Menu button. Okay, so that was the iPhone camera. Now I've got to select the iPhone microphone. So I'll go back into the capture device pop-up button again. Menu. Nine items. Come down again. Camera. Dimmed. That's the camera heading. FaceTime HD camera. Check mark iPhone. And we can now tell that we've got the iPhone selected. Microphone. Dimmed. Here's the microphone heading. Check mark. Built-in microphone. Internal microphone. So built-in microphones currently checked, which is the internal mic on the Mac. Come down one more. iPhone. And we select the iPhone. Show capture device selection popped up. Menu button. And if you want to double check it, go back into the menu. Menu. Nine items. Come down. Camera. Dimmed. Camera. FaceTime HD camera. Check mark. iPhone. Okay, iPhone camera. Microphone, dimmed. Microphone. Built-in microphone, internal microphone. Check mark, iPhone. Okay, and iPhones check for the mic as well. There's escape. Closing menu. Show capture device selection popped up. Menu button. Okay, now if I come back to the left to the volume settings. Image. Start recording button. Full volume button. 0% volume slider. Okay, it's still at 0%. So now if I set it to full. Full volume button. Press full volume button. Okay, and I grab my iPhone and just unlock it. 10.02 a.m. Unlock button. Okay, that's me actually using my iPhone. That audio is now coming through the Mac. So unlock it. Messages. So let me know what's recording both the screen and the audio from the iPhone because it's now coming through the Mac. So let's say I wanted to demonstrate how to turn reachability on and off on the iPhone. 6 or 6 plus and it's 6 plus in my case all I have to now do is to go to recording start recording button select start recording press stop recording button okay and I'm going to flick through to settings calendar photos camera clock 10 maps videos notes reminders stocks game center newsstand iTunes store breaking news app store compass settings Double tap on settings. Settings. Okay, and flick through down to general. Airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cellular, personal hub carrier, notification control center, do not disturb general, but display and brightness button. Not too far. General button. And if you can double tap on general. General settings, back button. Okay, flick through to accessibility. Flick through to accessibility. General head about but software up Siri but spotlights are hand off accessibility usage but accessibility button double tap accessibility on that. general back button flick through to the right accessibility vision head voiceover zoom invert grace speed large bold button increase reduce on slip hearing hearing elite mono phone left right adjust media video disc learning head guided app interaction switch control assistive touch call audio routing home click speed reachability double tap up reachability off 
Okay, and turn it back on. On. Okay, or turn it off. Off. Okay, press the home button. Home. Settings. Okay, and I'm finished doing my recordings. If I just do VO space bar on QuickTime. Press play slash pause. Uncheck checkbox. Okay, now I'm play slash pause and we can play it back. Check play slash pause checkbox. Image. Image capture. Table. No selection. Calendar. Photos. Camera. Clock. 10. Maps. Videos. Okay, that's notes, me now playing back the audio stocks, from game center, the iPhone. News and of iTunes Store. Also breaking news. On the Compass. Display settings. on the Mac as well. In settings. Airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cellular, okay, personal tell, hub carrier, notification controls that do not disturb general, but display and brightness button. It's not general up button. my voice as I've been talking during this recording using Armadas on the Mac. General, settings, back button. General, head, so about, button, software, of Siri, spotlights, and buttons, accessibility, usage, accessibility, app. Or you wanted to get some feedback. Accessibility, to general, back button. Apple accessibility, or you accessibility, to vision, or head, voiceover, zoom, invert, greater speed, works. large, bold, button, increase, reduce, unsubscribe, carrying, elite, mono, phono, left, right, adjust, media, video, disc, learning, head, guided, app, interaction, switch, assistive touch, call audio, routing, home, click speed, reachability, double tap, the reachability, off. On. Off. Home. Settings. Now, while that's been playing, it switched back to the image capture, which really irritates me. So I'm going to do Command Tab to go back to QuickTime again. QuickTime Player, Untitled Window, Fast Forward button. Of course, we can save that QuickTime movie, and of course, I can also share it to social media. Share it button. I.e., email, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc. Okay, so let me just save it for example. So I'm going to do Command S. So I'm going to save it. Save. Interact with dialog for window untitled. And it's going to call it. Export as quick. Quick demo. Demo of, of quick time. Quick time using voiceover. Voiceover from, from iPhone. And then I'm just going to iPhone. default it to my documents folder. Hit enter. Saving. Cl closing dialog. Okay, so it saves. So if I quit QuickTime. Image capture, image capture, window. Ima Come back to that silly image capture application. So then if I jump back to Finder. Finder, screen, Finder, screen applications, window, list view, table, QuickTime player. Okay, and it was my iPhone locking. Go to my documents folder. Documents, list view, table. Type in Q. Quick demo of QuickTime using voiceover from iPhone.mov QuickTime movie. Today 1009M. Okay, and of course, just press spacebar. Calendar, photos, camera, through clock, ten, maps, movie, videos, notes, reminders, stocks, game center, newsstand, iTunes store, breaking news, app store, turn compass, off settings, reachability on the iPhone 6 or 6 In Plus, settings, case, 6 Plus. Airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cellular, personal hot carrier, notification control center, do not disturb general, but display. Now in Documents window. And that completes this quick demonstration of how to extremely easily use QuickTime in Yosemite to record both screen and audio from your iPhone plugged into your Mac via the lightning cable. So as always, 
Thanks for listening and bye for now. Welcome to this demonstration of using voice dictation in Yosemite. And in Yosemite now, you can do both voice dictation and computer commands using the same functionality. So first of all, I'll show you where to turn it on for both voice dictating and giving the computer dictation commands. And then I'll give you a quick demonstration of both. So first of all, we need to go into system preferences. So I'm just gonna to go to my dock. Dock, system preferences, open 15 of 27. And I'm gonna open up system preferences. System preferences, system preferences, window, preference panes, scroll area. I'm just going to press tab to get to the main first item in system preferences. General button. And I'm going to type in DIC for dictation. Dictation and speech button. Activate dictation and speech. Dictation and speech window toolbar. Move over to dictation tab. Dictation and speech window. Dictation selected tab one of two. Okay, and dictation is already selected. Move to the right. Text to speech tab. Use dictation wherever you can type text. To start dictating, use the shortcut or select start dictation from the edit menu. Okay, now by default to use the shortcut, it's the FN key twice to start voice dictation. Function key again once to stop the process. On my Mac, I've changed my shortcut key to either the left or right command keys. So let's get going to the right. Dictation. On, selected, radio button, one of two. Okay, so mine's currently selected, it's on. Now if I keep going to the right. Off, radio button, two of two. Yeti stereo microphone, menu button. Okay, so I'm currently using my Yeti stereo microphone. Use enhanced dictation, checked checkbox. Now you want to check the checkbox that says use voice enhanced dictation because it actually downloads the voice dictation files and allows you to use it offline. So if I go to the right again. Allows offline use and continuous dictation with live feedback. Okay, allows offline dictation, i.e. you don't need to be on the internet. If I go into the right. Language, English, Australia, language, pop-up button. Okay, of course, being in Australia, I've got mine set to English, Australia. So that's all you need to check on in the dictation tab of dictation and speech. Let me just go back to the main system preferences screen. Back, system preferences, window, toolbar. And press tab. Leaving toolbar item palette, general button. I need to go to accessibility, I'm just going to type A. Accessibility button. Activate that. Accessibility window, toolbar. And move across to the table. Accessibility features, table. Interact with the table. Interact with accessibility features table. And go down to the bottom. Dictation, dictation image, row 14 of 14. Okay, so I want dictation. So uninteract from the table. Stop interacting with accessibility features table. Go to the right. Dictation commands allow you to edit text and interact with your computer by speaking to it. Okay, so dictation commands allow you to dictate text and interact with your computer. Dictation commands button. There's the dictation commands button. Select dictation commands. In press dictation commands button. Interact with dialog for window accessibility. English Australia pop up button. Show commands for select a command or click add plus to create a new command. 
Okay, so as you can, so as you heard it saying, create a new command, etc. Let me just go to the top of the window. Show command for. And then we'll go to the right. English Australia pop-up button. Okay, so show commands for English Australia. Search. Search text field. Search field. Table. There's our table of commands. Select a command or click add plus to create a new command. Okay, select a command or choose plus or add to add a command to the right again. Add button. That's the add to add a new command. Remove dimmed button. Remove currently dimmed because I haven't got one selected. Enable advanced commands. Checked checkbox. And you need to check on this checkbox, enable advanced commands. Done button. And there's the done button. So for example, let me just go back to the table. Table. Interact. Interact with table. Row one of 84. Okay, so there's 84 rows. If I jump down to the bottom of the table. Click less than item name greater than. Check checkbox. So you can Row check 84 of 84. So if I go up. Minimize window. Close window. Check checkbox. So I've got close window command. Save document. Check checkbox. Save document command. Open document. Check checkbox. Open document. New item. Check checkbox. New item. Document. That's the document heading. Now if I go up one more. Click less than menu name greater than menu. Check checkbox. Click menu name. Hide application. Check checkbox. Hide application. Quit application. Check checkbox. Quit application. Hide less than application name greater than. Hide check application. Checkbox. And then the name of it, of course. Quit less than application name Quit greater application. than. Switch to less than application name Switch greater application. than. Application. And then the application's heading. So I was actually going up. So I was going down. It would say application followed by those commands documents followed by those commands that I first went through with you. Okay, so advanced dictation is already checked. So I'm going to uninterrupt with the table. Stop interacting with table. Jump down to the bottom of the window. Done button. And choose the done button. Closing dialog. And I can close this window and I'm just going to use the normal command for the moment, which is command W. Divide finder applications window. Okay, so let's use voice dictation now. So I'm going to use voice dictation firstly to open up text edit. So in my case, I'm going to press the command key twice and say open text edit and then press the command key once. On a standard system, it would be the FN key, but on the left hand side of the keyboard twice, you would say open text edit and then press the FN key once. So I'm going to press my shortcut key twice, you'll hear a beep. Open text edit. Just press it once. Text edit. Untitled.rtf window. And now if I start voice dictating a course, so the same command again, shortcut key twice. This time I'm going to voice dictate and then the shortcut key once to complete the instruction. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog and raced away into the bush never to be seen again. Full stop. The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog and rests away into the bush never to be seen again. And now to select that, in this case I've only done one thing, so I'm just going to cheat and say select all. So shortcut key twice, the command, and then shortcut key once. Select all. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. Selected. Okay, so that's now selected. Okay, now I've added a speak it command. So if I want to actually check what I've just highlighted, I can say this. Speak it. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. Okay, so I can actually tell what I've actually selected. And of course, if I press now the delete key. Selection deleted. I've got rid of it. Now, the other thing that I use the speak it command for is when I'm on a website, 
and I want to read a document with speech, I can put it in the reader command and say speak it to read out the screen. So I'll just give you an example of that. Let me just bring up Safari. So I'm going to use the shortcut key twice again, command shortcut key once. Open Safari. Safari, top site, window. Okay, I'm just going to open up the Sydney Morning Herald here in Australia. Open location. And www.smh.com.au. Australian breaking, 90% loaded. Internal link. Okay, let me bring up some news. So do the heading command to just go through headings. Internal link. Skipped heading level 3 link. One fear dead in both accident report. I'll activate Prep. that. 90% loaded. Heading level 2. Search SMH. Okay, and I'm going to use the reader command to strip out all the HTML code. Show. Zoom out button. So now I'm going to use the command to select all. And then I'll say the speaker command. Select all. Select all. Okay, and now speak it. One fear dead. Another injured in boat accident. Report. Sydney boating accident. Police and emergency crews are on the scene. Photo. John Reed. One person is feared dead of at least one other injured after a boating accident in Sydney's northwest. Nine News has reported. Video on 9news.com.au shows a speedboat partly submerged with paramedics and police on the scene. At least two police cars and two ambulances are on the scene, and the Westpac rescue helicopter was used in the rescue. The accident is reported to have happened at South Maroda near Windsor with one person. Okay, just shushed up voiceover than speaking. Now I won't go into how I did the speaker command, but basically what you do in system preferences, accessibility, dictation, and dictation commands, just choose add. You do the name of the command. You choose the function that it's going to perform in what application, and I choose all applications. And there's a choose control. Under the choose control down the bottom, there's a keyboard function. And all I did for the speaker command, I just put in the shortcut key option escape, which is the speaker command. So in effect, I'm doing command A to select all when I say select all, and then I'm doing option escape when I say speak it to speak out what's been highlighted on the screen with that keyboard command when I invoked it by saying speak it. Okay, so we're still on Safari. Let me quit Safari by just saying quit Safari. Quit Safari. Finder, desktop. Back to the desktop. And another one that I love using this particular one for is to bring up the voiceover utility. So if I do the shortcut key twice, Open VoiceOver Utility. Shortcut key once again. VoiceOver Utility. VoiceOver Utility Window. Okay. And of course I can quit that. Quit VoiceOver Utility. Macintosh HD. Let me say I open up my Downloads folder. Downloads. Now in Downloads Window. And I can also say this. Besides saying Quit Application, I can also say Close Window. Close Window. Close window, now in desktop. And of course, click Apple menu. Now what you'll find with this one, it actually doesn't speak when it's moved to the Apple menu. So if I go right now. Finder, menu, eight items. Back to the left. Apple, menu, nine items. Okay, you can tell that I've actually done it. So that completes this demonstration of using voice dictation on your Mac to do voice dictating and voice commands for your computer. And remember that you need to turn both things on in 
dictation and speech and in accessibility dictation. If you want to see more of the commands that you can use for voice commands to your computer, when you go into accessibility dictation commands, you can go through the whole table there and look at other commands that are available to you, as well as using the add or plus button to add your own custom commands to those set of dictation commands. So for example, as you saw with my one, I use the command speak it to activate the option escape command, which reads out anything that's actually highlighted on the screen. And I did that with the article from the Sydney Morning Herald. So that completes this demonstration of voice dictation. As usual, thanks for listening and bye for now. We are currently looking for listeners who are willing to review any type of accessible technology for us here on Main Menu. If you are interested in doing a review of a product that you own, or an interview with its vendor, then please contact us and let us know what you're interested in doing. Before you begin to record a segment, it is important to contact us so that we can ensure that it hasn't already been covered on our program. To get in contact with us, please send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know what demonstration or interview you would like to do. Once you have completed your recording, please again send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know how we might get the file from you and if it will need any further editing. We can get files from you in any method such as SendSpace or Dropbox, any way that works for you. Once we receive your file, we will let you know when it will be aired on Main Menu. Presentations from our listeners are always interesting and well received by the rest of the listeners, so if this interests you, please get in touch with us. Thank you for your interest, and we look forward to hearing from you on the show very soon. to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week and we'll see you soon here on Main Menu. <laughs>